Turn with me in your Bible this morning to Psalm 126. Amen. Psalm 126. This is a psalm of praise. It has a prayer in it. And it also holds some promises for God's church in the Old Testament. Verses 1 through 3 can be looked at as the song of praise. Looking back on past remembrance. Verse 4 can be the prayer Verses 5 and 6, the promise. Psalm 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Starting in verse 1, let's take a look at this psalm. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Without any context around this psalm to tell us which deliverance in particular is being spoken of, we must imagine a time when Zion was in trouble and a dark cloud hovered over the capital so that the citizens would pray, Turn again our captivity, O Lord. Obviously, there had been a great captivity followed by a great deliverance. So great was this deliverance, so drastic and so sudden, that the inhabitants were in a state of near shock and unbelief. It seemed too good to be true, as though they were dreaming. Verse 2, Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The joy felt by the children of Israel at this deliverance was so great that they could not contain themselves. The mercy was so unexpected, so singular, so amazing, that they could only laugh. And laugh much, for their mouths were filled with it. Amen. The irresistible mirth at what God had done caused them to laugh and then to sing to the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. Yes. It was as though they could not find expression for the joy, so that the most natural thing to do was laugh, for words could hardly be uttered to adequately express Amen. what great things God had done. Yes. It has been said that the greater the sorrow, the louder you'll sing. And such was the case with the children of Israel here. The heathen said that the Lord had done great things for them. The heathen heard the songs of Israel and rightly ascribed to the Lord God Jehovah the great deliverance of his people. It's a blessed thing when saints set sinners talking about the works of the Lord. So clear, so definitive was this release from captivity that the heathen must recognize the hand of of God. Yes. Just a few examples that we can look at in the New Testament and in the Old Testament where unbelievers, the heathen, saw the work of God. Consider in Exodus, as the Egyptians were chasing the children of Israel, the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them Amen. against the Egyptians. How about Daniel when he interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dream? Nebuchadnezzar answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is, 
that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldest reveal the secret. How about Matthew? Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Verse 3 in this psalm. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. The children of Israel did not deny the statement that reflected so much praise and glory upon the Lord God Jehovah. A simple, humble follower of a great God who has bestowed much mercy and goodness upon his people can at times only respond simply and in a humble way. Not waxing eloquent, but instead saying, I'm glad, we are glad. The difference between the statement of the heathen and the response of the children of Israel is in the two words, for us. The recipients of the great things were those that knew more than just the benefit, but they knew and were known by the giver of those good things. Such a relationship between children and their father results in being glad, being joyful and singing praises, as we saw in verse 2. When the heathen receive rain and sunshine, riches and honor, they are not glad in a thankful way to the God of heaven, but instead because that when they knew God, they glorified, glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain, vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Verse 4. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Even as the Lord can turn the heart of a king as the rivers of water, water whithersoever he will, he can also send captivity to his chosen people and then reverse that captivity. There's no hidden meaning in these words, just a word picture of a reversal of fortunes that is wonderful and takes place in a very stupendous way. Just like we would marvel if a stream started flowing north instead of south, or if a wicked king became righteous, so the children of Israel in the same way here prayed for continuance of their already marvelous deliverance. Consider their captivity in Babylon. When the Lord turned again that captivity, it was a great reversal of fortunes. Yes. The streams of captivity were turned completely the other way. Yes. Verse 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. God always hears the complaint of his people. He sees their tears and he hears their cries. In Exodus, he said, in chapter 6, he said, And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, And I have remembered my covenant. God's people who are in duress can take faith, can take uh, hope in the fact that the God of heaven hears them, sees their tears, and will respond to them. Verse 6, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Notice the assurance given to individuals by the singular he. A promise is given by the two words, shall doubtless, that if you are planting seed of tears, those seeds will bring forth a bountiful harvest, like being led from captivity. The word precious is to be understood as few or scarce. Consider that in 1 Samuel 3, 1, it says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and a word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. It was scarce. It was rare. It was hard to be found. 
The seed, the seed that this verse is speaking about, can be thought of as faith, hope in the remembrance of past deliverance, hope in the promises of God, sorrow for sin, and doing that which is right in the face of affliction and persecution. Notice that the harvest for those who plant such seeds is that of sheaves, which is the plural form of a bundle of grain stalks laid lengthwise and tied together after reaping. Not just a sheaf, but sheaves. There's always a great harvest when the Lord moves on the behalf of his children. This psalm is speaking about God's church in the Old Testament. God's church in the New Testament has had a great reversal of fortunes. We are not Jews, we are Gentiles, but the Lord has added us to his fold and he thought about us and elected us before the worlds were formed. Since we are not like the children of Israel and we do not fight against real enemies, we fight a spiritual warfare against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Since we're not dragged off to Babylon, but instead we're given to the devil for the dulling of our senses and the captivity of our mind and heart by this world. The difficulties and afflictions we experience are generally less severe in a practical sense than those described in this psalm, but can be more arduous in a spiritual sense. We live by faith, but those in the Old Testament had a king to lead them. We must trust in the written word of God and those who have gone before us, but those in the Old Testament had the law and the prophets. Those in the Old Testament saw great waters parted and fire fall from heaven for their deliverance, but we believe that if it had not been the Spirit blowing where it listeth, God's power and glory would be our destruction. Since the Lord has done and has had such great mercy on us and has set us in a prosperous and peaceful situation, we may need to dig just a little bit deeper to find the great things God has done for us. What great things has God done for us? What about our church? And what about us individually? Yes. Just a few thoughts. Has he given you a spouse when you thought it may not ever happen? Has he allowed you to conceive when it seemed improbable or impossible? Has he taken away a spot in your lung? Has he converted you to the truth when you before hated this doctrine? Has he converted your family who now worships with you? Has he given you brothers or sisters of like precious faith? Has he restored your spirit after you have strayed? Yes. Has he, has he turned your streams of disobedience around so that you now love and know him? Yes. Has he brought you from a distant land and set you in a large room? Yes. Has he taken you from the miry clay, from the pit, and set your feet upon a rock? Amen. Has he seen the seed you planted in tears and caused you to return again, bearing sheaves? Has the Lord Jesus Christ led captivity captive? Let's recount his past deliverance, pray for continued deliverance, and claim the promises of the future deliverance, rejoicing if we bear the burdens of today with faith and hope, believing in the promises of our faithful God. Amen. 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 Amen.